another day. All right, let's ride. number 80 of anything Chris Carter you in there too but Jerry Rice is the man so shout out to Jerry Rice being the greatest receiver that I think I've ever seen play I would say the most decorated receiver I've seen some great receivers you know T.O. of course Randy Moss it's, it's some bad motherfuckers out there but right now I'm gonna give y'all Jerry Rice at the top for his San Francisco 49 days and everything he did after that he was still great Jerry Rice shout out to you Number 80. I know I haven't done that in a long time. But I figured I'd get right back to it. And I love I love May. Uh, I got a birthday weekend for my daughters around this time. And I was just thinking to myself before I started to record how much I love the month of May. It's just for me, It the weather's usually nice no matter where you are. There's so much going on. I got anniversary, Mother's Day, both my daughter's birthdays, Malcolm X's birthday. The month of May to me is just great. It's like my second favorite month after January because that's my birthday month. And, you know, I just feel like January set the year off. You can kind of get what the tone of the year is going to be from January. So I think, you know, January as the month that sets off the year, I still got January as my number one. But May, May, is, May is making the run. May is in close second. It's making the run for my favorite month. Now, I know that may sound silly. I know people may not have a favorite month like me, but, hey, I do. Um, also, Memorial Day is in May, and that's a very important day for all the, for all the ones um, we lost out there fighting a good fight. Memorial Day is also in May, so one time for all the loss. It's not that day yet, but May is a great month. I just, I'm in a good mood because of, I went to SeaWorld with, the, with my girls and everything, my wife yesterday, and I'm just, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, and I just want to give out a little bit of positive energy to the world. And I'm going to continue that positive energy before I give y'all some negativity. So just bear with me. You know what? Stop. I'm going to flip it back. I'm going to give y'all the sandwich. I just gave y'all some positive energy. I'm going to give y'all a little bit of the, you know, the negativity. Then I'm hit you with the positive towards the end. And then maybe something, something to make you think a little bit. Because I was just thinking about it. And in between, we'll do some sports. But let me go ahead and get to what I was going to talk about. Let's get to the negative stuff first because I don't want to wait to address Anybody who may be listening to this shit. So, excuse my language. But, men of Jacksonville, Florida, men, black men in the United States, black people who I'm talking about specifically, and just men in general, we are failing. Now, I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. Like I always tell people, I do not currently live there. But I keep up my eye on things that happen uh, back home in the city because that's home and I, I plan to return there at some point when I can when the job situation settles down a little bit and I can go home, that's where I'm going. That's where my mind is made up to be. That's where I want to be. That's where I grew up. That's where my kids to grow up. But shit got to change. Now, I was minding my business, fuck around on my phone or watching TV or whatever, and then my bro hits me in my Instagram inbox with screenshots of a story telling me that Terry Parker High School, the school I went to, their spring football game got shot up. And I don't mean everybody got shot up, but one person getting shot at a period is enough. But a young man getting shot at a, a football game, a spring game, like that's ridiculous, man. It, it doesn't make any sense. I'm so, I'm losing words because I'm just so tired. Like I keep telling people we don't have time for this shit and we don't. We don't. And I'm just wondering what's going on in the city to where shit just seems to be getting worse. I know y'all party. I know y'all go to the club. I know y'all care about fashion back home. But is anybody talking to these young men? Is anybody spending time with these young cats and just talking to them and telling them how to go through life and just helping them out? Because we know for a fact that all the bullshit is right there. They got the bullshit in their pocket. Everybody does. It's right there in your phone. All the stupidity in the world is right there in the palm of your hand. Now, us knowing that, as grown men and shit women 
who have been through this, especially black people in my city, especially us, who I'm talking to specifically, we know what's out there. We know it's now in the palm of their hand. And it's to the point now what you being able to, to do videos and live video with Snapchat and Facebook and Instagram and all that shit. We know you don't even have to be in the place where it's taking place, in the spot where it's taking place, to be a part of the bullshit. So why are we not helping them process this and get a better understanding of what it is on the other side of that? And I want you to, to pay attention to the words I said, because I didn't say shield. Why aren't we blocking them from this? No, because I believe our children need to be aware of what's out there. And if we go about shielding them from everything, they won't know how to handle this if they ever encounter that situation. Now, while it's unfortunate that our children have to go through this type of foolishness, I very much believe they need to be aware. So if you get the chance to talk to your child about stupid-ass activity like this, because it is, let them know the right way to go about things. Let them know there's other ways to do stuff. Even in the situation where there is potential for disagreements or confrontation, there's better ways to handle it. And it's, it's not an easy thing to do. So my thing is the sooner we start, the sooner they get a, a decent understanding of what it is that can take place and the options. You got really A or B when it comes to you having a disagreement or, or a confrontation with another individual. And that's the A is the long view and B is the short view. Now, the short view means you might decide, you know what? I need to be extra sporty in this situation to get my point across and make the person that I'm at odds with either understand why we're having a disagreement and back down or I'm ready for a confrontation in the event they don't back down. And I'm not saying this is, you know, just an instant thing. It could be over the course of a week, a month, or whatever. And for me, A is the long view. Like, I can waste my time trying to argue with this person. Or I could think about my life three months down the line. And if I do that, I may not be in a situation where I'm beefing with this individual and having to worry about where I'm going, when I'm going, who I'm going with, who likes me, who doesn't like me, where they're going to be, where I got to be. I don't have to look over my shoulder. I don't have to constantly worry about this person at school, at work, in the street, etc. To me, that's A. I can, I can look at you and, and be confrontational, or I can be silent, let you talk, speak when I get my chance to speak, hit you with a little information or facts, or I can just avoid the situation and be on by my day and come back and, and chop it up with you another time. There's a lot more options to me when you go with A. And believe me, I'm a hot-headed person. I've had to learn to control myself. But I'm telling you, you will feel better if you go with option A. Option A, in my opinion, kills the situation a lot quicker than option B does. Because the minute you try to save face and pipe up, especially if it's to save face in front of people who really don't care about you. Because if you if you being real about it, a lot of people a lot of times people do shit like that. And they get into argument, discussion, or confrontation with somebody else and it escalates because People don't want to be embarrassed in front of other people. They don't want to look weak in front of somebody else. But I'm telling you, it's a lot stronger for you to shut all that out and move on. That's that's real self self-preservation. You reserve your energy, you reserve your your thoughts, and you maintain the well-being of your mind, body, and soul by you saying, you know what, man, I'm gonna try to look at this from another angle and get my point across to you in a peaceful way. And move on. And it, it's not saying that you solve. It's not saying nothing like that. You could be saving that person's life. Because you may. You may be a person that doesn't want that. But at that time. Hey you may choose option B. And you, even though you may beat their ass or whatever. Or you may get your point across. That individual. Is going to maintain that, that way of thinking. Maybe you go to option A. And they learn like damn I could have. Maybe I should move more like bro or sis and, and kind of do things in a different way. Think before I speak. Think before I act. 
move a certain way. I read in the book that a person's a person that cannot control their tongue can't can't control their action is therefore not worthy of respect. And I think that's somewhere in law number eight, the 48 laws of power. And it makes absolute sense to me. And I'm only saying that, I'm only even bringing this up because the way I think, this shooting didn't come out of nowhere. This shooting happened for a reason. They usually always do. So my question is, as a teenager, what leads to that? In my opinion, is is lack of parenting and lack of leadership and lack of respect for human life. Because if you take your time to go get a gun, carry a gun, and shoot at somebody, potentially killing them or anybody else in the vicinity, how much do you really respect life? How much do you really think? Now, there's some... some uh, I always say this, there's some situations where I understand eye for eye way of thinking. I'm not talking about that. And if that's the case in this, then I really, I got to step away from that. That ain't really for me to be talking about. I don't know. But just for people high school age or somebody at a high school football game to be involved in the shooting is, to me, it just doesn't make sense. Like, how? It's like I watch the ID channel. Between the ID channel, Law & Order, and CSI, honestly, I don't know how people are still committing crimes, major crimes like this. You're going to get caught. At some point, you're going to get caught. And that's why I always say we don't have time for this. Because there's a family member potentially losing somebody. And I'm talking about the shooter. Because once they catch you, you're gone for a decent amount of time. Not to mention even the victim. Their life has changed forever. Whether they recover fully or not, that person is damaged. Their family is damaged because of the act that somebody else took. And I'm sure it's something that at some point could have been prevented. But as a person who's seen people stomped out, who's, who's been places where they've been shot, people been shot up, it's like, it's, that shit ain't fun. Once you reach a certain age, you realize that shit ain't fun. Dealing with your mortality, especially at a young age, ain't fun. There's all types of shit out here that's going to shorten your lifespan. Between people texting and driving, between the food we eat, between however you get to and from the work, just being out, there's, there's all types of ways to go. And the more life changes, the more it stays the same. Like you, We're all going to go someday, but it's just let's decrease the chances. Let's spend as much time on this place as we can. Let's spend time with our kids, let's, especially these young men, because they running wild. I know it because I see that. I seen the examples when I went back home. When I was at, when I was at um, Trap House Chicken, yes, I was out there eating fried chicken. Sorry. When I was at Trap House Chicken, I, I keep saying this over and over again because when I say I, I saw it on them, how I saw what was in their brain, I feel like. You can call it profile or whatever, but I know my people and I know the people in my city. And I saw the young guys walking. What I didn't say or what I don't remember saying is that right down that same sidewalk in front of the corner store where I had been sitting there for like 30 minutes, the dudes down there were all older than them. And I've been going down up, just, up and down Justina for a long time. And I've almost always seen somebody hanging up out at the store. 100%. Now, I don't know if guys go up and hang out there after work. All I know is what I saw. That's all I can give you. And I'm just saying, like, things to me just don't seem to be getting better. And I, we got all the evidence. We know the shit don't work. We got the tools to make shit different. We just got to want to do it. We look at what's going on, man. Like, like I just don't understand after all the evidence we got, like, niggas killed Nipsey and people still out here just shooting each other up, dealing with stupid stuff over bullshit. It's crazy to me. We got laws being put into place right now to make it illegal for doctors to perform abortions on women <laughs> in certain states because I, I believe, and I believe there's an agenda to, to that that I won't get into here, but, like, I just, 
I don't understand how people are so frivolous in life when when they're trying to make it more difficult. And I, and I know I'm talking about two different things, how we go from, you know, people getting shot at to, to the abortion thing. It's just, it, it's like, how sick is this world, really? And I'm going to keep it to being. We are, we talking about our children here. And whether it's somebody not being allowed to have an abortion to maybe pre prevent a child from coming into a situation where they're going to be living in a, in a situation where they're prone to lack of parental oversight, poor education, poverty, violence, maybe a child of rape, maybe this child's going to be born with severe disabilities, maybe the mother just and father aren't really ready to bring a child into this. The things that make you angry and the things that you can change aren't really changing. Like, the same group of people have control of this shit. So why not take some of that control back? And like I said last week, like, these abortion laws are fucked up, but hey, let's take more control back on our side of it. Let's take more ownership of the situation. Take, it out, take the power out of their hands for those who can. Now, I understand the sexual assault and all that shit 100%. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. That's something completely different. Let's start taking care of our own. Let's start taking care of our kids, the ones that are already here. And let's start preventing kids that we aren't ready to have from getting here. Because these people who make these laws, they don't give a fuck about you. They don't. They have their own agenda going forward. They have their own base they're trying to please. And these people bagging your son up, and locking your son up. They don't give a fuck about you. It's like, hey, man, he out here. And I know I'm going back and forth between two things, but it just it just has my mind puzzled to where, to where this, how sick the world is. The same time we don't want people to get killed, the same time we're talking about abortion, it, I don't know. It just has me a bit confused about the direction of the world. And even my my outlook on things because as much as I would as much as I love life and I want everybody to get an opportunity to experience this shit even though there's parts of it that make me angry and make me sick there's also wonderful parts to life even for those who may have who may or may not have come out of bad circumstances that ain't for me to decide yes there's people who are who end up highly addicted to drugs yes there's people who die in car accidents shootings plane crashes food poisoning, choking on steak, all types of stuff. But life is still great. For me, it's up to the mother to decide, the potential mother to decide whether she wants to bring a life into this world to experience that. And if her judgment call is if that it is not the right thing to do at that time, then hey, so be it. Because that's something she has to live with. She is the vessel through which that child will come. And it's on the father to be involved in that child's life. So when the father, so when the child, excuse me, gets to the point in life where it can go out into this world and has the ability to act on its own and do things, they don't do dumb shit like go shoot up a fucking football game. It's almost like we're losing a battle with ourselves. It's insane to me. Going back to the to the shooting, I'm just looking at it like some of the things you hear in grade school or in elementary school, or whatever, some of those some of those things that stick with you sticking with you for a reason because if I'm being real black people they say when you point that finger at you know who there's three pointing back at you it's worth thinking about it's really worth thinking about do I believe that there's some bullshit do I believe in oppression and racism yeah I believe that shit is there but I also believe that we got to stop 
having kids and not taking care of them. For those who do, we have to stop breaking, knowingly breaking the law. I know nobody wants to starve, and I understand at the end of the day, you're going to do what you're going to do. When it comes time for you to take that charge, you're going to have to take that charge. But the number one, stop killing each other. It's, it's almost like, what's the point of fucking complaining about the abortion laws and people, you know what I'm saying, or, or complaining about anything if we're going to kill one another? That's the shit that makes me mad. Why? Why? Why, up in, why are you up in arms about it? Why even be mad if you can go out there and shoot somebody? Or support the act of killing somebody else? I'm confused and discombobulated. I'm rambling and I feel it, but I just, I got to get it off my chest, man. And even um, with, the, with the, all the abortion laws and everything, as fucked up as it may seem, it's real weird to when you see people who have a, a cause that they believe wholeheartedly in, when they believe they're being treated unfairly, a group of people, a segment of society, if you will, that when you said something about how you felt like maybe people uh, in the category that you, fit, that you fit in, your demographic, that's what I mean, people of your demographic are being treated unfairly by the powers that be, and there are things in place, legal things in place, Things that happen in this world that the upper echelon of society seems to uphold that are not to your benefit. When you see somebody else who has not been in that situation, be in that situation and how they react, when it's them that they that doesn't feel like they're getting a fair shake, it's it's interesting to watch. All the understanding in the world should be there for them when they're going through their thing. But when you felt a certain type of way, it was, eh, it's not that bad. That's why I, as a man, shut the fuck up. When it comes to abortion stuff, I'm not going to say anything, but, hey, I think a father should talk to the potential mother and be like, hey, I feel like X, Y, and Z. Make your feelings known, but do not pressure. Your job is to ultimately support because at the end of the day, in my opinion, that is a woman's decision. I don't know enough about that to say otherwise. I mean, I know enough about it. I don't have the um, the physical, emotional responsibility of a female. So for me in that situation, I have to be quiet if I'm not going to be supportive. And I feel the same when, I, when it comes to racism and oppression to black people minorities. I feel like if you ain't in that boat, you ain't never experienced it or you ain't in support of it. You kind of got to shut the fuck up. That's just how I feel. That's just me being who I am and my understanding of the world. It's like, hey, man, if you ain't in them shoes, don't talk bad about them shoes. Support the people in those shoes. And if you don't feel like you can, then shut the fuck up. That's pretty much it. Like, I know that was all over the place, but I had to kind of get it off because it was racking my brain. And it's really like bothering me. But moving on, positivity. This is the other piece of that sandwich we was talking about. Black man, philanthropist, black businessman, Robert F. Smith. And shout out to my homeboy, Eddie, for sending me this on Instagram because I would have missed it before I recorded it. Um, he is going to clear the debt of the graduating, the 2019 graduating class of Morehouse University, or Morehouse College in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. That is phenomenal. That's the type of shit I'm talking about. That's what I want to see make the news, to see a black businessman basically bail out a bunch of college graduates so that when they go out and go on to start in the world, that's something else they don't have to worry about. So they can go maybe look for that dream job they went to school for vices having to take a job they really don't want in order to pay student debt. Go out there and live your life. You graduated, man. Congratulations. You earned it. Go out there and do something great in the world. Make good on this man's money. If he 
unless, you know, just in case, for some forsaken, some fucked up reason, you can't pay off the student debt, go out there and max out. And down the line, do your best to help somebody else get a scholarship and repay it the best way you can. Because what this man just did, it was fucking amazing. I don't care how many people are in the class. I don't care what you graduated with. You made it. You got your degree. Cool, good on you. This man's going to clear your debt. Please go out there and take that energy with you into the world and do something great with it. We need it. We out here dying in the street, those of us not in colleges who are involved in other aspects of life. We need positive stories like this. We need to know that this man is the uh, CEO and founder of a firm that invests in technologically based companies. What's it called? It's called, uh, let me see, Vista Equity Partners. Is out there invest, investing in, in tech-based companies. So if you see them and you got a tech company, hey, cool, rock with them because what they're doing or what this individual is doing, the founder, is incredible. That is fantastic. Somebody take some of this energy and and push it, go beyond. Let's have more black businessmen, millionaires, billionaires come out and do the same thing to give our people a head start. Because damn it, if, if we don't get it now, I don't know when it's going to happen, but the time to strike was years ago. So anytime we can get it, we need to get it cracking. I wish that man the best, man. That, that was a phenomenal um, story to read, and that was a, a gift I believe my friend gave me to let me be able to see that, that positive uh, story. Moving on to these uh, sports. Um, real quick, the, the playoffs are kind of crazy. Portland's in trouble. I don't know what's going on, or I do know what's going on. They ran into a Golden State team that's on the roll after just beating Houston. I personally believe in the West. Houston was going to be their toughest um, their toughest challenge, and they got through them in six games. They're catching Portland after a, after a slugfest seven-game series with, with uh, Denver. I knew Portland was going to be in trouble. I didn't expect it to be like, like this, not them down 3-0 losing the game at home. I didn't see that coming. And as much as I love Dame Lillard and his game, them boys ain't ready. He may be ready. But the pieces around him ain't ready. He may be ready. CJ may, may be ready. But the rest of that team, nah. They're not ready for that, for the Warriors and what they got out there. Houston's ready. Houston just fucked up. I don't know what the hell was going on in Houston. I don't know how they didn't play the Aisha song all day long. I guess, or Steph was just mad. Like, okay, I'll keep talking about my wife. I'm about to give everybody buckets. And he, he damn sure did it. But... I don't know how they didn't do that. That'd have been my out the gate. You wouldn't have heard nothing but Aisha. You know, that'd have been all, all over the, um, the stadium intercom. And Kawhi, shit, Kawhi's in trouble too. And I say Kawhi because he's the only person I really see doing anything. Thirty-something points a game can't get no help. So Yakin was doing his thing in the, in the series before, but I don't know if he's just if he's been locked down or what. I just saw something that said Chris Middleton forced the overtime. So they might end up being down three zip as well. But I think at this point, everybody's going to get what they want to see now. The two best teams from each coast going or each conference. Because Milwaukee is a beast of a team. They're deep. They got shooters. They have a superstar. It's going to be a slugfest in the finals. Because we already, at this point, we know Toronto ain't going to get there and leave this Portland. It's pretty much automatic at this point. So it's going, it's going to be a slugfest. And um, sticking with basketball, there's something else I want to talk about because I saw something that made me, um, that provoked me to put something out on um, one of my little social media, what the fuck, Facebook. And I basically asked people about KD. I know he's not playing right now. And I'm going to tell you right now, the LeBron James, Michael Jordan debate is over with. You swept in the finals, you out. Twice. We're not talking about you in that conversation no more. I'd have ran over the stats back and forth, whatever. That that debate is over. The consensus for right now, 
I'll say maybe last year. LeBron James is the best player in the world. Maybe. I'm telling you today, the best player in the world is Kevin Durant. And for the Le hardcore LeBron fans, that's okay. It's 2019. That man got drafted in 2003. It's okay for him to not be the best player in the world anymore. It's okay. 2012, 2013, I say from 2012 to what, this year? He was the best in the world. The best. Best in the world. That is not a, that's not a bad run. It's a hell of a run. Right now, KD is better. LeBron's 34, 35 years old. He's a better rebounder and passer than Kevin Durant. Hands down. But KD is a better shooter, a better scorer in general, and a better defender. Hands down. LeBron don't even play defense a lot of the time. KD is better than him at this point. There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. It's the natural progression of the game. There was a point in time where Kobe was better than Jordan. It happened. There's a point in time where Tim Duncan was better than Shaq. It happens. The great ones fade. It's like that. Right now, Kevin Durant is the best in the league. I don't know for how long it's going to be that way, but he's the best player in the league. If you look at how he changed his game, I won't even say changed. I will say elevated his game to fit along two 20-point scores. He's got two guys that can give you anywhere from, I'll get from 15 to 40 a game between Clay and Steph. We know what Steph could do. And if Clay had one of them games where he gets hot, it could be a 50-point night. He managed to go to the best team in the league and take over the best team. And I asked people these questions. Um, I asked people a few questions earlier today about it because I'm just looking at it and, and just thinking about things that are being said about this man, like what, people, what he should do with his rings and all this other bullshit. So I got four questions I asked people on my little social media account people who feel a certain type of way, who are upset about Kevin Durant, where is OKC right now? OKC with different, with not different, but decent role players, Steven Adams, um, Grant, Schroeder, a couple of young guys I can't remember the name at the moment, and they have, still have Westbrook, and now they got Paul George. That team is eliminated in the first round in the playoffs gone. That's where OKC is. And Billy Donovan's their head coach. Ain't done shit in the NBA. He's made it to the playoffs a couple times. They fired the guy, Scott Brooks, who got into the finals and brought in Billy Donovan. And with a probably more talented roster than they had when KD and Westbrook went to the finals, they had been eliminated in the first round. Okay. That's my first question. Where is OKC? Where they at? Look where they at. Two. The effect Kevin Kevin Durant had. You gotta. Can you appreciate the humility the humility of his teammates to go where they won a championship and been to the finals two years in a row, to make the man the primary option on the team. Basically disrupting what they had going on before. Because when you get somebody who's seven foot seven feet can shoot from 27, can score inside, can score mid-range with ease, you're going to change some shit. Can you appreciate the humility of the teammates he has? My third question, the third statement. I had a whole episode, athletes are people too. They are. And 
he's already missed a year due to an injury. So when they when they have opportunity to get better, to be on a better to be in a better situation for them professionally, which is for athletes being on a better team, or if you're a solo athlete getting a better team around you, you gotta do that as soon as you can. If your goal is to win the championship or just to be the best, if you are an athlete, that's what you're there to do. You're not in a league, you're not a part of any association to be mediocre. So the best chance you get to be in a good situation, you got to take it while you're healthy. And you got to stick with it for as long as you can because your goal is to be at the top. No athlete goes to the league wanting to be on the worst team. None of them. And if you're so good that the best team wants you on their team, that says a lot for you. So can I be mad at that? I looked at it, and I can be, hey, I, I got over my issue where I looked at it funny for a little while because I was thinking about it selfishly and, and what I wanted him to do, what I wanted to see the league be. Then that led to a, a domino effect in the league. It led to Paul George ending up in OKC, and I don't think they've got out the first round of the playoffs yet. And Oladipo, who everybody said was trash, in OKC, and I think the Indiana Pacers, their turnaround has been better with with Oladipo than it was with Paul George. And unfortunately for Oladipo, he got hurt this year. But I'm just looking at it like, well. He got a good team, accepted it, became the guy. Instead of the guy next to the guy, became the guy. Now, Paul George is the guy next to the guy, and they out in the first round when he, when he could have been the guy in Indiana, possibly taking that team really far. Le imagine it now. If he stayed in Indiana and that team developed, you got LeBron no longer in the East. That opened things wide up for Paul George. But, hey. But the, the KD thing is like, it just it's not making sense to me how people are still married. And my last my last part of it was is like, would you be willing to make your job, whatever you do, more difficult to make people outside of your occupation who can't do your occupation happy? You know what you want to do. You know what your goal, what your objective is. Would you stick with a job to make people who can't do your job who you don't know happy? Or would you do what was best for you? If it was a doctor, if there was a doctor who worked, let's say, um, I don't really know hospitals like that. Let's say a doctor and say, you know what, man, I'm going to leave this, I'm going to leave Memorial Hospital in Jacksonville. And I'm going to go to Baptist, <laughs> you know what I mean, and, uh, and do my thing there. Are you going to be mad? I guess it's for Jacksonville, Florida people, because that's, who, that's who's all going to know. Or if you if you have a doctor that works at Shands, and you have an emergency room doctor at Shands who wants to uh, work in a better setting, and they say, hey, you know what? We got a spot for you over here at Baptist. Is he supposed to not go? Would you look at him the same? That's what I don't understand. Like, when you sit and think about it, it's insane to me. Because nobody I know would do that. You know what, man? I work at a five-star restaurant. But if I go to Burger King, I'd be the motherfucking man. And this ain't shit to nobody work at Burger King. I'm just saying. If you look at the dynamic of that, you could run a five-star restaurant, be the head of a five-star restaurant, making more money, be at the top of your profession, a chef. Or you can go flip burgers at, McDonald's, at Burger King or McDonald's. Them burgers are going to be the best McDonald's burgers anybody's ever had. You have a flexible schedule because you have more time off because you're not going to be sought, sought after like that. And there's a bunch of you everywhere. And you're going to be the best for your shift at that job at that fast food restaurant or 
you can go work or you can go work at the five-star restaurant. Now, you had a mom-and-pop shop you had for 10 years, right? You and your partner had a mom-and-pop shop, and I'm talking about KD and Westbrook and OKC. So you were there first, and then your partner came on second. And it seemed like people would gravitate more to your partner, and your investors start gravitating more to your partner because you have to take some time off. You come back, and things just ain't running the way you feel like they should be ran. And say, you know what, I did the mom-and-pop thing for a little bit. I think I'm going to move on and work at this five-star restaurant to build my brand and be bigger. Am I supposed to be mad at you for that? That doesn't make any damn sense. That's how I'm looking at people that are mad at KD. And I really, really believe the root of the problem is not so much that they're mad at KD because the, the argument is it's the LeBron thing. Let's be clear. It's the LeBron thing. People don't want to see KD surpass LeBron. That's 100% what it is, just like the Michael Jordan thing. People don't want to see Bron pass, jo pass Jordan. The thing is, people were saying it before it was true, and it didn't happen. Math, 6-3, six, 6 wins, it is what it is. You've lost the same amount of finals that somebody else has won. You're not better, sorry. With two all-stars on each team, sorry. <laughs> it don't work like that. Now, back to KD, though. That's what I believe it really is. People don't want to see KD surpass LeBron. And they're going to say, oh, he went to this team. He didn't go to the team. He didn't go join the Warriors. And I said this before. He came to the Warriors and took the fuck over. People who don't watch basketball seem to think differently, but I'm watching the game, and I'm seeing who's, who's handling the ball in pressure situations. That's Kevin fucking Durant. I'm seeing who's pulling, who's dropping 40 points, pulling them through tough series. That's Kevin Durant. So he didn't join the Warriors. He took over the Warriors. There's a big difference. Like LeBron took over Miami. People were making it seem like KD came and been the fourth wheel. No, he is the wheel. He's the big wheel. I just don't understand, like, for the people who really watch basketball, it's like, what? You don't see what's going on? He should do what with his rings? Nah. We ain't never been there. Never been in that position. Don't have to worry about injuries. It's okay. He's going to pass Braun. It's okay. That's the way sports works. Brady did it to Joe Montana. Randy Moss damn near did it to Jerry Rice. But guess what? Somebody's going to pass them too. It's the nature of the beast. And at some point, somebody will surpass Jordan. It takes a while. When you have once-in-a-generation talent, it takes a long time. But that's just the way it is. You can't not want this man to succeed because of somebody else didn't surpass someone else. That ain't the way it works in sports. People move on and do great things elsewhere. Now, outside of it, no question. With the stuff LeBron is doing outside, that's where his real greatness is. Judge him by that. But don't, don't bash KD because he ain't doing it the way you want him to do it. Just know this. He's getting it done. He's about to get number three. Y'all should have known that when he came up and pulled up on that man damn near 35 feet out and drop that bomb in his face. Y'all better chill out. Anyway, um, we coming to the end of this, man. I've been rambling for a while. Qu quick uh, album review, if you will. Trill Static Project by Bun B and Static Selector. Great. I don't know if it's an album. I don't know if it's a mixtape. I don't care. It's great. Let's call it an album. Fuck it. Because mixtapes are pretty Mixtapes meant you couldn't download it and people get paid for it for real. So let's call this an album. I have a few favorite songs on this. Time Flies featuring Big Crit and Talib Kweli. Steel Trill featuring Method Man and Graf. Concrete featuring Westside Gun and Terminology. Basquiat featuring Fat Joe and Smoke Dizzle. And Paperwork featuring Uncle Murder in that order. Those are my favorite songs on the album. It should be everywhere. 
I know it's, um, damn, the Bucks and the Raptors going to second overtime. I hope Kawhi can do something so he don't get swept. But really good album. There's a lot of other songs on there, a lot of different options you can choose from. It feels real mixtapey, which I like. There's a lot of just rapping on there, which is great. Um, Bun B is saying some real things, but it's a really good album. You should go check it out if you like the hippity hops the way I like the hippity hops. But uh, definitely partake and enjoy because it is great. And um, happy birthday to the members of my family whose birthday it was or whatever day that was. And also happy birthday to Malcolm X, man. Uh, great man. Great, great individual. And uh, I really like the things that he had to say. Things that make you really think. Make you really, really think about the world and how we live in as black people. And things we can do to make it better. And things we may have neglected to do a long time ago that we should do going forward. So, um, y'all know where to get at me, man. No play in the shroud at gmail.com. No play 247 on Twitter. Get at me where you know me to be gotten at. For real. Man, I love May. I really, really love May. It's a great month. But I would like to hear from people and just kind of see where everybody's head's at and how much you like or dislike what I'm doing, please, by all means, let me know. Yeah, so um, let me know how you feel about what I got going on and what, and what I'm doing. I'm trying to make it better, improve it, and uh, just keep pushing it forward, man. I just really want to reach people who have the, the, the hearts and minds of young people and their thoughts because it's getting scary out here to me. And even that, you know, as adults, there's a lot of work to be done on our side. Black people, we got to get our shit together. I'm going to leave you with uh, something I caught off the interwebs, a little video of uh, Malcolm X giving you that good word as he does. Um, take from it what you will. There's parts, I dis this, you know, one little part I disagree with, but the rest of it, I'm 100% on board with, man. So check it out and uh, let me know how you feel about it, man. Peace. If white immigrants can come to this country 50 years ago with nickels and dimes and no education and come here and pool their little nickels and dimes and no education into, and set up little stores, develop these stores into larger stores, develop this into an industry which creates job opportunities for whites. Since Lincoln was supposed to have freed the black man 100 years ago, and today the black man, according to the government economists, has spending power of $20 billion per year. We feel that with the black man spending $20 billion a year, not setting up any businesses, not creating any industry, not creating any job opportunities for his own kind, he's not in a moral position to point the finger today at the white man and tell the white man that he's discriminating against him for not giving him a job in factories that he, has, he himself set up. If the black man has $20 billion, and these so-called Negro leaders are such geniuses that they can integrate white restaurants and integrate white factories and integrate, force themselves into that which the white man has set up, they should use this same ingenuity to show the black people how to pool our wealth and set up something of our own. And then we won't have to force our way into his anymore. One more thing I would like to point out concerning what he said about 125th Street. We don't waste our time on 125th Street, but you can reach more people in the street who want to change than you can in the bourgeoisie society, the bourgeoisie church, and the bourgeoisie circles. We, our program is directed toward the man in the street. So we spend our time in the street, and what we do with that man, instead of trying to change the white man in your mind, make, up, make you accept us, we change the mind of the black man and make him accept himself. And as soon as he accepts himself, He'll solve his own problem. He won't be trying to force himself into your factory and into your bedroom and into your kitchen. Malcolm X, man, powerful brother. Um, there you go, man. I mean, obviously times have changed a lot with integration, but still some very important jewels. We in there now. Our foot's been in the door for a long time. It's time we start 
focusing on building up our community. And it's not about excluding anybody else, it's about building up our own so that we're not worried about pointing the finger at nobody else, so that that finger don't mean shit to us. So that we're just saying fuck you to that and working with the people that want to work with us. But we got to clean our house. You got to really clean our house and start taking care of each other and building each other up. Avoiding stupid conflicts and finding ways to come together as a community and respect the power we have and change the mentality of our youth. The ones that are going out to the going out to the world and just wasting their potential on stupid things. I'm not saying you gotta keep your kids under tight restraints and wraps and all that and not let them go out there and have any fun. Let them be kids. But just make them keenly aware that the shit they do when they're young can drastically affect their future. It can shorten it, to be 100% honest. Y'all be good out there, man. Um, peace to the world. Change the world, man. Start with yourself. Be easy.